Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. At Caldwell, I'm a brand strategist, multiple times CEO, and I own Spark Business Strategies, which is a branding and marketing agency uh, in North Carolina. We are... Um, 
whether you're listening live on Clubhouse or you've caught the Breakfast of Champions podcast that is available for you wherever you download podcasts from, I want to thank you for tuning in right now. For the past few weeks, we've been at war with mediocrity in our business lives. Uh, we've talked to the founders, the entrepreneurs, the employees, the nine to fivers, the job hunters, and a bunch of other folks. But more than anything, I'm trying to convince you, the Breakfast with Champions family, the whole table, to see the mediocrity that you're settling for from your own limiting beliefs, bad marketing, lazy business practices, bad hiring, bad partnerships, weird vendors that we sometimes just phone in and eventually it costs us in business. Mediocrity is a bill that always comes due. But for some of us, it's a slow drip that we are paying exponentially for and we don't even see it. So the idea behind the war on mediocrity is that I want you to see the gap. I want you to see the drip. I want you to see the 20, 40, 100, $2,000 every month that walks away from you because of a simply mediocre practice. So that's what I try to do here on these Saturday mornings, live on Clubhouse and in our Breakfast with Champions podcast. And I try to leave plenty of time for thoughts and questions from you all, because one, I think the listeners who will hear you later learn as much from your great questions and your insights as they do from me. But also, uh, it gives an opportunity for us to chat live, go back and forth, um, permitting just a few moments in this in this segment. So, so let's dive in. Why you why you why you beat me up this morning, Brad? It's early. You're you're punching. You're drawing dropping kidney punches right out the gate. You haven't even yeah. started yet. You're yeah, beating us up this morning. What's up? I was that? in a, I was in a Zoom meeting and and my the guy who um, leads I, I don't know if you've met him Glenn uh, his name's Glenn Lundy and he was like he was like he was like all right guys we're gonna we're gonna stay true to to who we all are as, as individuals because we want to make sure that the programming of Breakfast of Champions stays authentic and then I was like but Glenn I'm kind of a prick <laughs> like like Glenn I'm a I'm a jerk like. I'm good at business because I don't pull punches, but I like to throw them. And then Glenn's response, Glenn, if you weren't there to hear Glenn talk and Glenn's Zoom with leaders of Glenn's Breakfast of Champions, I've never said the word Glenn this much. Um, Glenn then said, okay, but we got to keep it like PG-ish, especially those of you who speak really, really, really early. You didn't say my name out loud, but I heard you. I heard you. So I gave you guys PG twelve. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And as the father of a thirteen year old and a seven year old, I read it loud and clear. I understood. Right. I got you. I got you. That's really funny. Oh, that's good. You're, you're the best, man. I love hearing your voice here on Saturday mornings. And you know, I think that that's that's what we need more of, right? I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I'm all about. Um, I'm all about taking some shots, right? Like, tell me the truth, please. Tell me what I need to hear, please. Help me grow and develop. Don't candy coat it. Don't make it soft, right? Uh, there's a there's a buddy, Brad, a buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Troy Cord, and him and I worked together in the dealership when I was running the dealership there in Paris, Kentucky. And this guy was the toughest son of a gun, Brad. The toughest son of a gun. Like at one point. 
this dude walked up right in front of me with a pair of pliers in his mouth and ripped out a tooth that was bothering him, right? He just literally yanked his own tooth right there in the middle of the dealership. Like, this guy was tough as nails. And we somehow got into this little pissing contest, I guess you would call it, over the years where him and I would punch each other in the face randomly about once every two or three months, right? And whoever got punched last, they were they were up. So the other person had to be fearful that at any given time they could get punched in the face. Now, human resources probably didn't like this game, but this was a, a fun game that him and I, I don't know about fun, but it was a game that him and I played. And the reason I bring it up is because one time I was sitting up at the sales desk and he came up from behind. I didn't see him coming. And, bro, he rocked me, man. He hit me right on my jaw. He hit me on the right side of my jaw, and I felt the pain on the left side of my jaw. That's how hard he hit me. It shifted my bottom jaw, like, over, right? But here's the thing. It freaking woke me up. It made me pay attention. It brought my awareness. It took me from whatever I was doing, the distractions that I was at, and it brought me it got, I was instantly present, right? And so what you do and what you're doing this morning, and what I love about when people tell us the truth and when they don't pull punches and when they do jab us is that, yes, it can hurt a little bit, but what it does is brings that awareness, it brings the focus, it brings us to attention. And that's what great leaders do is great leaders will pull you to a space where you're present, they will tell you the truth, and they will help you grow. So I appreciate who you are. I appreciate what you're doing with us all here this morning here on Breakfast with Champions. Sorry to interrupt. Keep up the great work. No, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. For those <laughs> for those who are listening, Brad called himself a prick, and Glenn called him a great leader. So communication is tricky, friends. Um, <laughs> That's right. It's so funny. It's so funny. I was like, hey, guys, I'm not that nice of a person. Glenn immediately start, told a story about punching people in the face. And then he said, no, but seriously, Brad's great. Um, that's so funny. Uh, guys, I want to convince you today. I want to convince you today that there's a problem in all of our marketing strategies and in all of our business plans and all of our hopes and wishes and goals for the businesses that we either want to build or we have built or we are resting on because we think it's time to rest. And I also want to convince you that there's a ton of solutions for the problem that I'm about to tell you that we all have. And then I'm going to try to express to you that there is a pressing and very important reason that you need to solve that problem as soon as possible. The problem in our strategy is our message. The problem in our strategy today is our message. We're talking about mediocre messaging today. This past week, in the middle of an intensely busy week, I got to do something I don't do. I'm not good at it. It's not something I enjoy, but I took a pause. I took a stop. My oldest child was out late uh, at a play rehearsal. He's in a musical, and so he's gone. My wife was getting ready to go to work. She's a, a nurse. She works evening shifts. Um, and so she was getting ready to leave. And so that left me with our seven-year-old Elliot and our two-year-old Benjamin. Here in a couple months, they're gonna both have birthdays. 
and I will ruin uh, expressing how old they are because it takes me weeks to figure it out. But I got to take a pause with my two youngest children and watch a movie. And I had the great fortune of seeing Encanto for the 6,729th time. If you haven't seen it. But we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Bro, pe- we're, we're varsity level. We are way past being annoyed by that song. I could, we could just go. I could go in order of the soundtrack. We, we see how bright you burn. Yeah, man, we got, we got all that. Yeah, Lord have mercy. And, and if you haven't seen it, I'm going to give you a brief spoiler. It's not anything real deep, but it's a brief spoiler. If you have kids, somehow it captures the attention of all of my kids, my 13-year-old, my 7-year-old, my, my 2-year-old. But Elliot, my seven-year-old, has seen this movie every single time I've ever seen it. So he's watched it way too many times. And if you're like me, if you're like Elliot, apparently, you can watch something hundreds of times and see something new every now and again. If you're a Christian, the old anecdote of studying the Bible is study the Bible, even the passages you already know, because you can learn something you've never learned before. And uh, it happened this week. My seven-year-old was watching this movie and the the, the story uh, is a tension within the founding family. Their magic is fading. Somehow no one can see it and no one wants to discuss it. And Elliot, watching it, paused the show right at the climax of that tension and asked me a deeply profound question. Dad, how do they all live together but they can't see the problem? And why is it that the dude living in the walls is the only one who gets the message? Now, if you haven't seen the movie, that's confusing. I'm not going to really break it down for you. But essentially, what he's saying is, in his own childlike brilliance, in the middle of living out their magic, the leaders of the family missed the message they were meant to receive. And the guy who knew the message wasn't telling anyone. He was busy hiding. Hear that again. The leaders of the family missed the message they were meant to receive. And the guy who knew the message wasn't telling anyone because he was busy hiding. The problem wasn't the truth of the message, but the gap between the ones who knew it and the ones who needed to hear it. In our businesses, I don't care what you make or how you serve. There is a gap between the people who know it and the people who need to hear it. And as business leaders, we cannot do much at all about the ears that are meant to hear us, except speak to them. Our work is focused on our message and the problem is our message. Weeks ago, we talked about the heart, art, expression, and execution of a brand. And within the heart, we navigate a business's why its motivations, its position as a solution to someone else's problem. And expression is how we took those intrinsic heart components and made them known. So heart is recognizing what in God's name we're here for. And expression is figuring out how to articulate it and make this thing we've created, this solve, make it known, make it louder, how we talk, what we say, where we say, and the hamster wheel and perpetually monitoring that message to make sure it's true, that it's resonating and that it's reaching. And there is a problem today in our message. 
In fact, there are four problems. Maybe you're guilty of all of them. Maybe you're guilty of one of them. You are absolutely guilty of one of these problems I'm about to give you. You can grab a pen, you can just listen, and when I hit the one that's true of you, you'll know. The first problem is faulty messaging. We're gonna do this one first because this one's the meanest one. This is the hardest punch. The hardest punch I got all day. Faulty message. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Jing means you lie. Your message is not true. You embellish your deliverables, your statistics, and your proofs. And listen, I get it. Your business is your baby and you love your baby. So you tell everyone that your baby is beautiful, but then you keep going. Now the baby talked at five months old, could moonwalk at a year, and by three was doing long division. But that's not the truth. You just took the beauty of the baby and just kept making it bigger. But the truth is that right now, your company isn't even paying your bills each month. It isn't easily replicable for the consumer, and it isn't reaching the right folks with your existing marketing strategy. And friends, that baby ain't beautiful. Faulty messaging means you're saying things that aren't true. At the very least, you're exaggerating. Stop exaggerating. I'm going to crack open Spark Business Strategies for you. That's my marketing agency, one of the companies that I own. At Spark, we simply say that Spark makes businesses money and clarifies the way they believe and speak about themselves. Sure, sometimes we triple what you invested in us. You spend five grand on us, you make 15 grand. That's it, and that's all you roll. But sometimes you make a hundred times what you invest in us. Sometimes, although not as charming or fun, we also get into your business and we find out that you don't have a marketing problem. You've hired poorly. You've invested worse. You have no business plan. And there's not a strategy on earth we can develop that'll fix that. But that's a really crappy slogan for a business. I can't say spark business strategies, wreck your world or make you millions. That's confusing and misleading. Because the company we walked into that had no idea that it essentially had cancer running all the way through it. Oh, we stayed. And we did very little brand, very little marketing. We did a whole lot of counseling and we did a whole lot of internal rebuilding for that company. And we're still doing it today. We didn't put their name. You won't see their logo on our website. See an Instagram post where we celebrate their wins. Cause when we walked in, it was really embarrassing for them. So we keep it quiet. So we don't put that on. Oh, it would make us look great but that's not the message we're trying to send. But every client we've ever had has made money. Every single one. They've made more than they've invested in us. Every single one. Compared to month to date, year to date, or by projects they've done of similar kind.
some a little, some a lot. And every client has received what we think is a mountain of clarity about their communication of themselves. So we say that, no exaggerations, no stretches that result in over-promising. If you're finding yourself under-delivering to your clients, you're either lazy or you're over-promising. So if you know you're under-delivering, it's either an issue of your, the work you're actually doing, which is rare, friend, or it's the message you're sending. Faulty messaging leads to over-promising. So stop lying. Cigarettes don't make you pretty or cool. Big bowls of cereal aren't actually good for you. And those 10 steps on the magazine cover will not make you look like the cover model. We all detest marketing that misleads. So don't be guilty of it. The second problem with our messaging is flat messaging. Yes, of course, don't lie. But friends, don't be boring. A message must land on an audience, but when it lands, it should compel. It should compel. If you're a pest control company, it should compel you to either be grossed out or preventative. If you're a jewelry store, the ad should tug at your heartstrings. If it's an inappropriate message, it should either make you laugh or incite you. Whatever your message is, whatever your work is, it doesn't matter. It's got to be well-written, well-spoken, and well-aimed. Whatever your message is, it's got to be well-written, well-spoken, and well-aimed. Flat messaging is almost worse than no messaging. If Glenn had decided to say like, welcome to Breakfast of Champions, we're a club on Clubhouse. No one, people would have passed it by. I would have passed it by. Because I've already ignored hundreds of clubs on Clubhouse. Well, this is my club on Clubhouse. I've never heard Glenn say, this is my club on Clubhouse. Because there's a whole brand strategy to Breakfast with Champions, and he articulates it every time. I've never even heard it referred to as a club. And it is. It's technically, its origins are a club on Clubhouse. No one ever says that in the message. Why? Because there's thousands of people who say that about their club. This is a table. This is a table with some high-level people sitting around it. But before those high-level people sit down, we're pulling out chairs and inviting other people to join us. Because you're high-level too. Or you're about to be high-level. Or you have the capacity to be high-level. Or you got a dream that somebody needs to water so that you can grow into that thing that is high-level. Or you're learning and you want to sit under better learning. That's what the Breakfast with Champions table is for. Everybody. Everybody. I got here as a CEO. I will leave as a CEO, but I'll leave as a better one. And it won't be because of the talks I've given. That's ridiculous. I already know me. I have never said anything in this room that surprised me. I'm prepared. But you better believe I've learned a lot from the brilliance surrounding the table. Because flat messaging is almost worse than no messaging because you've invested time and money into a flat message and you got nothing or merely a fraction of what you were shooting for. Imagine if you celebrated making 20 cent on the dollar and then someone reminding you that that's only a 20% return 
and your competition is getting 75 cents or $3 to the dollar. Flat messaging is a problem, but the third problem is called quieted messaging. And this one drives me insane because of the enormity of the truth. If quieted messaging doesn't light a fire under you as a business leader, you should not be in charge of your marketing. Because there's this crazy obvious truth in our marketing. Most of the world doesn't know you. Most of the world doesn't know me. I have clients in India. I have clients in Jamaica. I have clients in Haiti. I have clients here on the very edge of the East Coast of North Carolina. I have clients north of me, south of me, and all the way west of me to Seattle, Washington. I'm proud of the reach of our company, but I am reckoning daily with the number of people that just don't know spark business strategies and what we can do for their business. There are tens of thousands that don't know me or you on Clubhouse this week. There are millions upon millions that are in the world and they just can't hear us. They don't know us. We are quiet to the vast majority of the world. So that should compel you to keep speaking. Repeat yourself, hone the message, refine the message, post, share, stand up, speak up, keep going. I don't give a PG 14 word about reels, reach, engagement, <clears throat> follows, favorites, likes, shares. Don't care, don't care, don't care, couldn't care less. I care that the message gets louder every single time we speak. More people than the number that has found you need you. Business owner, creator, servant, inventor. Hear me, more people need you than the number that has presently found you. And if that doesn't compel you to move, I got nothing. That's quieted messaging. The fourth and final problem with your message is beached messaging. I live on the ocean. It is very, I don't live on the ocean. That'd be weird. I live on the edge of the ocean. We call it land but we live really, really close to the Atlantic Ocean. We actually live really, really close to the Cape Fear River and the Atlantic Ocean, so where the river meets the ocean. So we step outside to metaphors and analogies all the time. We can't ignore it. So forgive me for a, for a nautical reference, but beached messaging means you've spent the money, spent the time, you're in all the places, you bought the ads, you've done all of that good stuff, but rather than landing your message, you hit the sand on the way in and you're stuck somewhere you didn't wanna be. You got beached. You, it happens all the time right here where we live. We live on really close to something called the ICW, the Intercoastal Waterway. And if you don't pay attention to the depth charts, you don't pay attention to that little thing beeping on your boat, you're gonna hit a shallow spot that you couldn't see. And then the rest of us are gonna drive right by you recognizing you can no longer go anywhere. You aimed at the wrong audience. You spent on the wrong kinds of ads. 
You made the single business fallacy in business marketing. You believed it was good enough. Before we dive into solutions, because solutions are obviously the most important part, introspection requires that we look at our problems. And let me, let me camp out here on the gospel of good enough. The gospel of good enough. It's the story that so many of us believe. Now, I could say really exaggerated examples, and you could remember someone else who did it. And that's not the point today. The point today is for my words to remind both me and you that there are things in my business that I think are good enough. Well, yeah, the message got beached, but I can see the shoreline. I could probably walk it from here. But we have no idea how deep the water is between where we wrecked and where we want to be. So we say it's good enough. But man, that graphic that you said is good enough, it's not. Word of mouth is never good enough. Having more money in than we have going out, it's not good enough. Half-hearted work and poor results are not good enough. The gospel of good enough is not only untrue, but it's dangerously inaccurate. You passionately make what you make. You produce what you produce. You serve who you serve. And you have worked to become the expert in your field, but you believed in a ceiling called good enough, and it has capped you. And we live in this world where we, we think are trying to hurt us, or we're trying desperately to figure out how to marry the education of the world we've always talked about. But now this world that sees history through the lens of people who have been held down by it. And we're trying to marry those things. We say things like in the 50s, civil rights, and today, critical race theory. We try to reckon with the tension between the history we've always been taught and the history that other people who didn't have a voice have lived. It's a wonderful tension, tension because that tension simply tells us our definition of history is not good enough. And so we raise the ceiling. And you have some sort of limiting belief in either the work of your hands or your capacity to do something in an industry, or even I have a $10,000 idea, but a $20 bank account. So this will have to be good enough. I've said this before, a company exists because of a poorly thought out business plan and 300 bucks. And we turned three last month. If we make it for two more years, we'll have done better than 80% of all startups that don't make it to five years. And the thing that ratified my business was the reckoning with the gospel of good enough. So here's a simple remedy. The very next time you hear yourself say that something's good enough, immediately own that you intrinsically know how it could be better and you're choosing not to do it. Because that's what, that's what you mean when you say good enough, right? You clean up the house and you're like, that's good enough. What you just said out loud is it could be better. I know that and I'm choosing not to do it. I'm choosing not to get the help required to make it better. 
I coach Little League. When my son's up there to bat and he's standing at the plate, I know there is a best way for him to stand. And if I say, eh, he's close, that's good enough, I know he will not get the optimal result. I just know that. So what are we letting slide because we believe in the gospel of good enough? So that commercial's over. So now we're going to move over to solutions in a business. So we've talked about the problems. We've talked about the faulty messaging and the flat messaging, the quieted messaging and the beached messaging. Let's talk solutions. How do we solve the problems in our messaging? The very first one is inspect what you expect. Now, if that's the first time you've ever heard that phrase, inspect what you expect. Let me tell you about the first time I heard that phrase, 2010. I had just left a career and I was transitioning, trying to find something else, had a one-year-old son. My wife was getting ready to start nursing school and we were trying to navigate what I was gonna be when I grew up. And I thought I'll be in restaurant management you've ever tried it oh my god it's like 80 hours a week of really hard thankless work and the next time you see a restaurant manager high five that sucker and give him 10 bucks um i heard this while working as a gm at a pizza restaurant that was about to open we were preparing to open a new store and we had to hire like 50 people really quickly and we did and many of them were <laughs> terrible hires terrible hires but i had tools i'd been trained I had applications and interview questions. We'd set up second interviews with people not named Brad. We had a host of other tactics, but I was so busy doing, I wasn't expect inspecting my own expectations. And I wasn't seeing the gaps in our hiring before. And the only time I even noticed there was a problem in our hiring practice was about seven or eight days in to all the new hires. And I realized why we had to hire 50 because the company that we were franchising knew we'd lose 80% of them. And I didn't know that because they knew this new manager would come in and he'd be full of fire, but not focus. And they knew I wouldn't inspect what I was expecting. I was so busy doing and I wasn't inspecting anything around me. And in our business messaging, more often than not, we write it we send it out into the world, but we never stop to see if it's effective. We pretend as if having written the message is just good enough. So we send it out into the world. And it's kind of like that kid in college who prays for mercy on test day, but he didn't study. His name was Brad. <laughs> this is me. I was just telling you a story about me. I had all the tools right there, but didn't do the work. That can't be true of our messaging. Inspect what you expect. Because if you can inspect what you expect, then you can do the second solution, adapt and improve the messages. That leads us forward. We must be willing and ready to adapt and improve our messaging. Folks, we know this. We know this. I know that I get irked by how much time my children spend on YouTube. I get irked by the fact that my, my middle child, who is a great little athlete, wants to come home, sit halfway upside down on our couch and grab an iPad all the time. 
and you want to say, well, that's not what it was like when I grew up. Of course it wasn't. Culture moves. Audiences ebb and flow. The audience gets older. The audience gets younger. The demographics change. And if the people that we want to reach are not static, then our messaging can't be static either. When was the last time you improved the way you talk about what you do? If you have a company that has long been around longer than a year and you haven't analyzed your messaging, it's probably missing the target. And here's why the third solution, the third solution would be to learn your audience. So you must learn them, lean into their needs, their pain points, their challenges, their joys, their goals, and their movements. If you know the audience, you're better at speaking to them. If you have a static audience, if you sell things that are targeted to teenage girls, I don't know if you own a Claire's and people are punching, getting their ears pierced. I have sons. I don't know why I'm using this example, but if you're, if you're at a Claire's where there's jelly bracelets, I have no idea what's in one of these stores. Um, and people are getting their ears pierced and there's cute clothes on the wall. So you know that the age group is always going to be the same but it's not gonna be the same people year after year. You've got to learn that audience. And then you've got to learn that audience is the people who are attracted to your store, but the purchaser of that retail store is their mom or dad. So then you gotta learn that audience. And you gotta learn what that mom's pain point is that either brought her to the mall or is desperately trying to help her get out of the mall. And if you know her needs and her pain points and her daughter's needs and her pain points, you will create efficiencies to meet their needs, not your needs. And that's how service is built. Because solution number four isn't just learn your audience, it's listen to them and not your own opinions. I've said this before, but your work is not about you. The minute you created something and put a price tag on it, the minute you LLC'd a company and hinged your capacity to pay for stuff on it, it stopped being about you. It's about them. So if your message is shaped by your own beliefs and opinions and likes and dislikes, then it's about you and it's not about them. And that's a mistake because you can't buy more of you. You already have all of it. And if the only reason you're making the thing you make, doing the thing you do, serving the way you serve is for you, that's a hobby, not a business. So if you're in the business of solving someone else's problems, listen to them. And then finally, our fifth solution, take your learnings and make changes. We're talking about soft leadership. Could you imagine if you walked through all of these solutions, you inspected what you expected, you adapted and improved, you learned your audience, you listened to them, you ignored some of your own opinions, but then you took all those learnings and didn't actually do anything. You didn't change anything. Soft leaders absorb and are impacted. Soft leaders absorb information and are impacted by it. It's not bad. It's not a bad way to be. Strong leaders learn and make a renewed impact. 
was having lunch with a friend just yesterday. Actually, he's a client. He was a friend first, then he became my chiropractor, and then he became my client. Because I got tired of listening to him tell me how business wasn't going correctly. So I probably dropped some stuff on him like I drop on all of you guys every week. And I said, like, bro, you're a secret. And nobody goes to a secret because they don't know. And he started making some changes and they worked. And then he said, bro, I need to hire you. So I'm having lunch yesterday at this great restaurant right here in Wilmington, having fun with my friend. Chris and I are, are talking about work and then we're talking about family and like he and his wife are pregnant with their fourth kid, which I think makes them um, psychopaths because I, I don't understand, Glenn, if you're still around. I don't understand. I don't understand at all. Um, four kids. I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I don't even have a joke. I don't even have a joke for having four kids. I just, Godspeed. Um, it's like the Hunger Games where she like kisses her three fingers and says like, may the odds be ever in your favor. I assume that's what it's like to have four kids. I have no idea. I have three and that's at least two too many. Sons, if you ever hear this, I, I meant it. I meant it. You know I did. I love you, but I meant it. So the good leader, the strong leader learns from the information and they make a renewed impact. I'm not saying they change the company format or they, they slap the culture around or they fire everybody or they hire everybody or they give them passionate speeches. Every day doesn't need to be the Emancipation Proclamation. But as you evaluate and learn, lead with a renewed motivation. Maybe a renewed vision and certainly a revitalized message. If you're truly taking the information that you're receiving from your team and from your clients, if you're really taking it, you can't be the same. That's the metric. Well, Brad, we really know our client now. We really thank you for all, all the advice you gave us. Well, what'd you do about it? Well, we're still figuring that out. Then you haven't learned yet. You recognize several of you have met me. If you meet me, I, I might be bursting the bubble for some of you, but I might be five foot eight, maybe. I did meet with Renee Noor. We met in New York City at the Breakfast with Champions Consortium. She came around the corner. I don't know how tall she is. I think she's eight foot 36. Like that's the tallest woman I've ever met in my life. And then her daughter came around the corner equally beautiful, equally charming, equally having to duck through all the doors to get everywhere she needed to go. That beautiful child is also, I, I don't know, 18 inches taller than me. And I weigh too much. I definitely weigh too much. And you know what I do every single morning? I'll see myself in the mirror. I don't know how your bathroom works, but it's hard to brush your teeth and not see yourself. It's hard to put your contact lenses in and not see yourself. It just is. So I see myself every day and every day I know there's some changes I need to make, but I haven't made them. So I can't call it learning. It's just recognition. And what are the things in your business that you are recognizing, but you're not learning from? Man, we just, people don't do like they used to. Yes, they do. You're looking at the wrong people. People don't change. We sit around here and we quote scripture all the time at the breakfast table. Here's one. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. We're just looking at the wrong spot for the sunset. The earth moved. 
You know that, right? If you stand in the same spot for 24 consecutive hours and you are perfectly in line with the sunset, 24 hours later, the sun will have moved its setting. And every day, if you could stay there for 24 consecutive hours over and over and over again, eventually the sun would get farther and farther from that line of sight that you had set on. It was true once. It won't be true again for years because the sun's moving and we're moving and the sun's rotating. We're rotating. We're moving. And it's the same with our business messaging. Take your learnings, make your changes. So Brad, why, why do you do all this, man? Why are you telling us what the, what the problems are in our messaging? And why are you telling us what the solutions are to the problems in our messaging? And this is why it matters because they matter. Today, I started this, this conversation with a movie that I watched with my kids. And as Dora Maria alluded to earlier, I missed my segment last week because I was busy watching my wife run 13.1 miles. I think she runs 13.1 miles because she has a terrible definition of fun. Like, like horrible. Half marathons. Crazy. But I was watching everybody run. The guy who won the marathon, the guy who ran 26.2 miles. His name's Chris. A lot of stories about Chris this week. I don't know him. He lives in Raleigh. We live in Wilmington. But man, they went nuts when he came flying around the corner. And that man was running. He was running faster than people who were still finishing their 5K. He was running faster than people who were still finishing their half marathon. He was trucking right on by people. And you know what's crazy? For all of his work, for all of his training, for all of his effort, for the hundreds of people who were watching and the hundreds of people who were running. I never called his name until I recognized who he was and I walked over to congratulate him. And that's when I found out his name was Chris and he found out my name was Brad. We're all running and we're all training and we're all going and there's a lot of people watching us but not all of them know our name. They don't know our story. And it matters because they matter. In my business and in the busyness of my communication as a leader, it's imperative that I know what matters. Proper messaging matters because one, my clients matter. Spark was created for two reasons. One, I was uncomfortable by a problem I saw in traditional marketing and two, I was uncomfortable by the problems I'd seen in other people's businesses that I knew I knew how to fix. So because of professional discomfort and empathy for other business owners, the messaging of my business matters because my clients matter. But you know who else matters? My prospective clients, those cats that have no idea who I am. Right now, Spark is super busy and there's like eight active clients. Now there are couple dozen who can call us at any moment and, and, and jump right into their retainer and we move into some project. Could happen at any moment. But there are currently eight very active clients. Eight. I'm busy with the number eight. I'm successful with the number eight. 
and there are currently 241 people on this call. 922 people have been on this call. And I'm busy because of eight. So think of all the prospective clients who just found out who I am today. And it matters because they matter. But it also matters because my team matters. John and Nate and Zach. It matters because the people that I'm charged with communicating the future and the present of our company to are listening and they're depending on me. Zach's wife is pregnant. Nate just built a house with his wife. John's got another building company. I'm trying to help everybody on my team because they matter. And the message that we're sending out to our clients and prospective clients immediately results in income I can give those wonderful men and women who serve on the Spark team. My team matters. But again, it all started with a movie today. Last week, I wasn't around because of a marathon. Because my family matters. And I could step away and not talk about Bruno or watch my wife enjoy a hobby that I do not understand. Because I don't want to spend all my time trying to overcome bad messaging. So we work as hard as we all work because our clients matter and our prospective clients matter and our teams matter and our family and our people matter. It's important work, friends. If you have any questions, you're always welcome to shoot me a DM. Thank you, Dora Maria, for linking our company at the top of the screen. You're welcome to shoot an email there, as I have warned people as many times as possible. If you send one that says like, hey, I won't ever see it, that will get screened. Um, thank you for sending that message. That's very nice. If you wanna say, hey, click on the little airplane here on Clubhouse or go over to Instagram and shoot me a DM. If you do have business questions, click the link on the website. That way we can get directly to getting right into the work that we need to do for you and help you move forward as quickly as possible. We've got about 14 minutes left. Anybody got any questions, thoughts, ideas, anything they wanna throw out, the mic is yours, go for it. Brad, you said you're, you didn't have a joke about Glenn's kids. You had me cracking up with that one. Just throwing that in there since there was a moment <laughs> it was quiet. I was, you're, you're hysterical. Thank you for your energy today. It's, it's, it's hard to like, y'all don't understand. I don't know if y'all noticed about Glenn, but half the population of Kentucky lives at his house. So there's something. You can't just leave it. You can't just leave it out, you know? Um, oh, so he's, he's got at least one more room then. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Morning, Brad. It's Justin. How you doing, brother? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'd like you to talk a little bit about, you know, qualifications, setting expectations with your clients, because we all know how it can be a time vampire sometimes when you walk somebody through something they've never been before. So how do you avoid, you know, four hour meetings when you're trying to get to the core of something? Yeah, man, I, I think so. What we are very specifically, 
our meeting strategy with clients is we always offer a, a free consultation. Now I know in my world, that's a little bit easier than yours, but we, you know, for you, maybe it's, let's get to that. Um, you tell me the specific, you know, property that you're looking at. I'll give you a really clear estimate of value and we'll articulate what that is. And then I'll give you next steps. But the very first consultation is trying to figure out, you know, it's kind of like a dating profile. You know, do you want to go out with me? Do I want to go out with you? Does your business want to work with Sparks business? And if it's, if it does, it stops being dating really quickly because I tell you what our next eight dates are. <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. So the very first thing we're going to do is completely ambivalent of you and your industry. We're going to study. And I'm not going to learn anything about you. I'm going to learn everything I could learn without digging in all the areas that we dig as specialists. And I'm going to see where you're at. I'm going to see if anyone can find you. And I'm going to see what in your industry is leading the way at telling people about what you do. And then we, from that, we move on through a handful of other steps. So we try to kind of lay it out for people and say, like, if at any point in this process, you don't understand why, just ask. Because we love talking about why we do the steps that we do. We think they're fun and smart and intuitive. But we also understand just like if Renee said, Brad, I want you to help me with this global women's initiative. And I'm like, gosh, I don't have any clients in Africa. I don't have any all exclusively women's groups. I have a lot to learn. We hold that posture with any new client, even if you're our 12th business in that industry, yours is different than everyone else's. Um, we would want you to do the same for us. We know you don't know, because if you knew you'd be doing it. So we, we try to hold as, as much clarity in the process as possible. Um, and that's a luxury I think we have in our industry that might not correlate just into everybody else's industry, but I know it correlates fairly well to ours. I think that it is an interesting topic to think about from everybody's perspective because it 100% correlates to ours. I equate it to when people call us, it's like they're going on a fishing trip, right? They're hiring us because we have all the gear, we have all the tackle, we know the best fishing spots. We're going to get them a better result. They don't need to know every single thing about how we do, but they do need somebody to drive the boat, right? So, Brad, you just eloquently explained how you show them the roadmap. And I also think that's why we love the Bible, right? It's a good roadmap. So, appreciate you, mm. brother. Thank you, brother. Always appreciate hearing from you, man. All right, guys, we've got about seven or eight more minutes before we hey, Brad. throw it over. Hey, yes. Brad. Hey, Brad, this is Jackie. Uh, hey, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah, hey, thank you for this segment. Um, one of the things I really just took away from what you were talking about earlier, um, I was thinking about myself as a personal trainer, and I have a, um, a coach myself. He's a fitness coach, but he actually he's coaching me in business versus me personally. He's helping with my business. He's some... Um, He's like some guru fitness guy over there that's built huge fitness companies and things like that. So one of the things he told me was, Jackie, you're working too hard. You have to allow people to just talk. You know, I know when I'm sitting doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with them, you know, it's really beneficial. I'm allowing the clients to do more coaching, uh, to do more talking than me just lecturing and talking to them about mindset this, mindset that. Because, you know, weight loss, a lot of it is your mindset. So, um I'm listening. I was coaching a young lady last night and pretty much I just 
said on the Zoom, she did all the talking, but I learned so much about what they need when they're able to talk. Sometimes we in the leadership position, we talk so much, we don't listen to the client and you miss everything they need. And so that was so important for me. I'm learning to really listen to them and you'll see that the training, the eating, the uh, that's just really small when you allow people to talk about their problems because when they can change their mind, they can change their behaviors. And when they can talk about their problems, that can begin to, you know, they can hear themselves talking about it and that changes a lot of things for them. So that was really important. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. It's Jackie. Uh, thank you so much, Jackie. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I am not, I, the way I've tried to explain it is that I am not a huge fan of the business coaching models that exist. However, when someone gets a good coach in anything, I mean in anything, it always helps. It always lifts, it always elevates. And for many, if you find the right coach in the massive eons of coaching that exist in the world, it will change the way you do your business and may even live your life. So I, I have a couple coaches in my life who no, I don't promote business coaching. And in fact, they think I'm a coach. Um, I say consultant, it's semantics, but it matters to me. So congratulations for finding a good coach. That's way more important than having a, having a good one. All right, guys, we got about seven minutes. Anybody else want to jump in? Hey, Brad, this is one King Thoy. Just yes, wanted to say I, like, I liked all the knowledge that you shared. Um, I definitely would like to collaborate with you if you join us later today at three o'clock over in the BAM room. Your presence would be definitely valuable. Thank you, One King. I appreciate that, brother. I will check to see if I can be there. This sounds ridiculous, but it might be at a little league draft where we judge seven-year-old boys. Yep. Um, it's not all roses. Sent you information. Sent you information in your back channel, also. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Brad, hey, I get a Brad, question. This Brad. is Jeannie. Man, I heard three voices. David here, but I'll let Jeannie go before me. Awesome. Thank you, David. This is Jeannie. Fire this away. is Jeannie uh, Snyder, and I just wanted to say that what struck me this morning, what the spark was that you offered us, was there's more people out there. Even no matter how many people know about you, there's more people out there than that that need to know about you. And then you rubber band this back to, and you've got eight great clients. So it's not that we have to have a million clients, but our message being out there to all those who don't know and who we can serve. So just thanks for that. That spark reminder. Pass the mic. Thanks, Brad. Jeannie, that's great. And she called it a spark reminder. Ooh, 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 ooh. Just marketing the marketing from Jeannie. guy. Yeah, I love that's it. That's very good. I like what you did. I like that website. was hot. I like the changes to the website. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thanks for noticing. Wow. Well done, Jeannie. David Hill, take it away. Hey, what's up, boss? Um, I want to, yeah, I want to allude to uh, something you and Glenn talked about. Kind of had a little uh, brief conversation. And, you know, when you talked about having just eight clients, I'm guessing that's because you're able to pick and choose who you're going to work with. And I think one of the challenges I've experienced, you can tell me how you deal with this, is you kind of want to work with everybody and you want to help everybody that you start to realize that you're not able to. And I think what I've learned is sometimes the, the more I do it, especially now where I am in a different industry, I'm in training, uh, certain people show up and there's cues, but I will sometimes ignore the cues because I want the business and it comes back to bite me. 
is that something you deal with as well? And, and how, how do you, I guess, how do you, uh, how are you able to discern, I guess, who, and it's probably a longer conversation in the three minutes we have left, but I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, how do you know who you should be working with? And when did you, when did you get really good at, at discerning that? Yeah, that's good, man. Here's, here's, uh, we all have cues. We all have cues. And for me, in the years that I've owned my own company, or even when we were working in other industries, and I, I don't think it's really respective of an industry. It might work out a little differently for other people, like people in real estate. But um, we have cues. And if one of your sentences sounds synonymous with, man, I really need the money, then it is no longer about that person. So your evaluation of that potential client is completely clouded by your need to close that particular client or any client or the next client. Like, I think one of the cues for me and probably for other people is what percentage am I at of desperation? How badly do I need them? So yes, the reason we can have eight right now is because we have afforded ourselves, now it's new, (laughs) this is new for us, but we have afforded ourselves a measure of who can we serve best? And we know that if we open it up to anybody and say, well, what's your budget? Give us a budget and we'll try to help you with whatever amount of money you got. We will run ourselves ragged. We will not make the kind of return on our investment that keeps my whole team motivated because we're a business just like anybody else. We ain't special. I got to keep the team motivated. And if they're like, well, we're on 12 projects, but those 12 projects made us net zero dollars. That's a whole lot different than the motivation for we're on eight projects and everybody got a raise in March. Like everybody got a raise. So I, I think it's a, you have cues, you know, it's kind of like, I've seen you, David, talk about your wife, but you know, hundreds, thousands of other women, there are cues that you respond to and react to when she walks in the door. I've seen you do it. I've seen you surrounded by wonderful, brilliant, sharp, beautiful, magnetic women. And they're not her because you know how to respond differently when she walks in the room. Sometimes it's the inverse. What are the cues when you're willing to take anything? I think that dramatically changes the way we try to close. All right, guys, I appreciate your questions. You guys are wonderful. I appreciate your constant support and encouragement. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.